Hi everyone, I'm Libby Campbell and welcome to TIC, Teachers Inspiring and Collaborating Knowledge. Are you looking for some new teaching ideas? Are you looking for some inspiration with what you do in the classroom now? Is something not working for you and you're just willing to try something new? Then this podcast is for you. Each week, I get to talk with everyday people about ideas and practices, tips and tricks that have worked for them, and then I get to share these with you while you're on the go. Enjoy. I would love to introduce you to one of my very own primary school teachers, who I absolutely admired and loved. Monica, or more commonly known as Mon, is just one of those teachers who was always meant to be a teacher, and my love for teaching actually grew from her. Many years later, I ended up teaching alongside Mon at the same school I was a student at. This particular school was, and still is, a small school, which is what this episode is about today. When I was a student at the school, the enrolments hovered, from memory, I think around 70 to 80 students, and it fluctuated above and below this over time. Today, the number of students is 38. Since leaving this school, I went on to teach at much bigger schools where enrolments were in the 800s, so it was a big difference. Having experienced teaching in both large and small schools, I can confidently say it certainly is unique being part of a small school both as a student and as a teacher. As with everything though, it has its pros and its cons, but Mon said she wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Welcome Mon, thanks for joining us today. Today we're talking about teaching in a small school, which you and I both have experience in, and you're still there teaching in a small school. But before we start, what's your story? What's your background? Lib, I've been teaching here for a long, long time, Um, originally from Sydney, um, wanted to teach in the country, taught at Gilganja for a year, then got a job here, and I've been here for most of the last 30 so years, um, had my kids, my kids came to school here, um, living in town, married a local fellow, so um, yeah, still here and still enjoying it. And full disclosure too, you actually taught me and then uh, we taught alongside each other at the same And school. you also taught my second son as well. Yes. So the parent and <laughs> teacher interview for that year was very, very strange. <laughs> Um, so how many students are currently enrolled at your school? We currently have 38 treasures here. Oh, wow. Gosh, it's um, that is small. And so what would the class sizes look like? Uh, in a small school, sometimes you have very small classes and very large classes. So um, we have a K-1-2, a 3-4 and a 5-6. Um, our K-1-2 is... Um, 17 and our 5 6 is 15 and 3 4 is 6. Oh wow. So very hard. So we've had to we've had to be very very adaptable um and we're doing a lot of different things this year so that I'm not teaching six kids all day. That just that wouldn't Too work. Too hard on kids. Yeah, very, yeah, very hard. Not, it's not viable either, is it? It's not, no. And yeah. it's not fair to parents and it's not fair to kids either. Yeah. Mm. Um, so how do you think teaching is different in a small school? 
It's very different. I've been blessed to have taught in small schools. I've taught in about three schools in the diocese and all three have been small, what I would classify as a small school. Um, I think what's different is that you have so many roles. You have so many roles as well as class teacher. For instance, um, I'm I'm the 3-4 homeroom teacher but I also teach three to six creative arts, visual arts. I also teach K-1-2 history. I also teach three to six core content maths. I'm also the sports coordinator. I'm also the NAPLAN coordinator as well as the NAPLAN test administrator. I'm also in charge of junior joeys. There's so many different roles that you have that I'm assuming you wouldn't have in a larger school because there would be so many more teachers to take those roles on. What's Junior Joey's? Junior Joey's is um, it's the sister, because we're a Josephite school, you have your Sisters of St Joseph, um, yeah. the, re, the religious um, part of it. You then have your Josephite Associates, which is your... Um, parishioners and those lay people who have a connection to the Josephites and the junior joeys are primary school students who follow the charism of the Josephite order so I work yeah I work with the primary kids here um we were very much curtailed last year we couldn't do anything last year but we we try and work on um something that they can do as junior joeys for their school something that they can do for their community and then something that they can do for the wider world. So um, oh. because St Joseph's Feast Day was last Friday, we're starting out, we start with our feast day and we'll be working on Junior Joeys throughout the year. What a great initiative. It is. It's it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is nice. Yeah, we've been doing it now for, oh, four years, I think. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, so what are some of the positives that come out of teaching in a small school? Oh, Libby, get to teach lovely people like you. <laughs> You're too no, kind. One of the positive, I, I think I think the, the biggest positive is you get to know your kids so well. In larger schools, you might have your you might have one child for a year. And for some kids, it might take you that full year to get to know that child, and then you have to hand them on to the next year. But with some of these, for instance, with with the way we're doing maths at the moment. Um, we're on a, a four-way rotation. So I start off with year three core content. I then have year six core content, then year five core content, then year four con- core content. And the kids are rotating in four groups between the two classes. So, for instance, the year fives, I know them so well because I taught them in year three. I taught them in year four. I'm teaching them now. Mm. The beginning of the year, there was no settling into what the new teacher was about because they know what my expectations are. I know what their abilities are. It was straight into work and I know their weaknesses. I know their strengths. There's also that connection with their families. Mm -hmm. I know their families quite well because we have, I've been teaching them now for two years. Um, and even with the year sixes who I, I taught in year three, I taught in year four, I had them for creative art. So I've, I've kind of been, you get to know the kids so well. 
There's also a really strong connection with your staff. Um, the way we've got the classes at the moment, we're continually popping in and out, asking questions, um, feeling that ease with being able to slip in and out of people's classrooms without the kids even knowing that another teacher's come in or has left the classroom. So yeah. there's that, that, that trust that you have that um, I think is very special about teaching in a, in a small school. Yeah, I would imagine then like collaborating with um, staff members would be really easy. It's very easy, but the only thing is I'm the only stage two teacher. So stage two literacy is me, stage two maths is me, and and I'm the only person that teaches stage one and early stage history. So when it comes to programs and all sorts of stuff like that, then I'm the only person that does it. So there's a lot of collaborating within your staff. There's not a lot of collaborating within your stage. Do you collaborate with teachers in other schools? I wish we did a lot more of it. Okay. I think it would, it would cut down on a lot of work. For instance, if you're teaching, if you're in a bigger school and you're teaching a year three class, for instance, you would you would have a heap of marking to do but you would possibly be sharing your programming with another teacher. I'm the year three, four teacher for, well, no, this year I'm the year three, four, five, six teacher for the core content. So that means I've got to program for four years of, for each year. So it's a separate program for each year. Wow. Um, which takes quite a lot of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah, and also to, because... I teach K1 to um, history and geography. That means we're on a, a three-year scope and sequence. So what program I used last year, I can't use for another two years. So it's continually yeah. changing. Um, and with our numbers as well, um, last year I was teaching year three, four literacy. Um, this year, because of our numbers, we've grouped them in um, equal numbers and we've shared them around based a little bit on their ability and groupings. So whatever I've used with my classes the last two years, I can't use this year because I've got yeah. that I've had the last two years. That's so it. it's kind of trying to find novels that you haven't used before and, yeah, so that's where it gets a little bit hard. You, you have to continually keep programming all the time, which, yeah. which takes time. Um, and you were talking earlier too about, you wear many hats um, being in a small school. Do you see that as a positive as well? In a way it is. I've often thought what would it be like to to teach in a a big school and just be able to teach one, like teach your class and that would be your own responsibility? I don't know if if that's what it, does that what it, is that what it is, Lib? So, um, yeah, having all those hats sometimes get very overwhelming like like for instance this week NAPLAN practice test is on and we've just had our um our relay team swim down at Sydney so I've I've kind of been connected with them and then I'm one of the editors for the Facebook site so therefore I've I've got to do that as well so it can sometimes get very overwhelming okay and yeah I have to keep making lists and make sure I'm checking this off and there's there's no rest. There's every, there's always something coming up that that you have to make sure you've got done. Okay. But then the experience and and um, 
just doing it is, I think, worthwhile. Definitely. So what would be some of the other challenges then, teaching in a small school? Oh, Lib, I'm a married woman with three grown-up sons and I've lived here now in town and I've lived out of town. I'm fine. I can, I've, my boys grew up here in Dunedoo, but if you are, well, you know what it was like. If you're a young teacher in a small school, you mm-hmm. never get away from the kids. No. Um, you, no. Go down the street, you go down the street to buy your meat and somebody's there. You go to the pub and they're hanging there outside and you yeah. never get away from the kids and the family. You socialise with the kids and the family. That's the one thing that I found very hard when I first came here that you never, ever, ever get away from your job. And it's the, it's the same with, um, because we're a Catholic school, with on Sunday, you're, when you go to Mass on a Sunday, I sometimes feel as if I'm going there as the teacher and not a parishioner. So that that sometimes felt like that. It's a bit different now that I'm a, I'm older and wiser. Yeah, but but I it, it is difficult when you're you're a young teacher. Yeah. Uh, what about um, funding for the school and getting resources, that sort of thing? Is, is that ever an issue? We've been blessed here because our resources are um, are good. Um, our principal's wonderful. She does amazing things with our budget. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. But, no, where the resources are good, um, our school has been over the years, even though it's only 38 now, it has been bigger than that. So we've got technology Technology resources are excellent. Um, the, only re- the only thing is you don't have access to a lot of um, sporting people. You don't have access to... Um, because our, we're small, like our our, re, our swimming relay team is our only team that we can field because we don't have the numbers to make it up. Right. Uh, David Peachy last week we had a, a sporting team there, but sporting um, resources are, um, are a bit low because we just don't have those people that you can call on and you don't have those people that would come and visit. Yeah. Also, um, the small schools, when you have visiting productions, I often say that it has to be over a certain amount of kids and we don't oh, have yeah. that service. Therefore, it would cost extra or you just don't get them because of the cost. So mm-hmm. the other thing is when you go anywhere, you have to pay for a bus. That's mm-hmm. one big drawback that you just don't have that you don't have that money to be able to go to places when you want to. What about uh, opportunities for professional development? Oh, Zoom's fantastic. Um I must admit, last year during COVID, I think I did more professional development than I've that I've ever done because it was oh, wow. so much. And online now is fantastic. Yeah. Like just two weeks ago, in preparation for NAPLAN, I did the coordinators webinar and the administrators webinar, and and then I've done other webinars which are, are good as well. We're good here because we have a, a principal who allows us to go to those professional development things if we want to. Mm-hmm. We can go as a staff. We're always encouraged to do that, which is good. The only thing is finding um, casual teachers is very, very hard. Would yeah, they? yeah. So how else did COVID impact on the, on the school? COVID here was um, for those mad weeks when the school was, we, we never closed. We were open. I think it was only one day we didn't have any kids and that was the very last day of term one, I think. Parents were very, very understanding. Um, we tend, we, we, 
I think the fact that we didn't go anywhere meant that we were able to focus on the teaching a lot more. Like there was no sport, there were no excursions, we had mm. no visitors in, we had no masses. We were really able to focus on the teaching. Did and, you enjoy that? And and I did, and and also really focus on the kids learning, like to re- to have the time to have no interruptions, to be able to complete work with the kids, um, to make sure that that they were learning what they were supposed to be learning. That that was the thing that I found that there were no interruptions. We yeah. we had a like we had a full we had weeks where it was just in the classroom. I think the kids mm. got a bit tired at the end, and we got a bit tired that there weren't any of those breaks, but. Yeah, it was, I think we were more blessed than, than a lot of other people. Yeah. Oh, good. What would you like teachers from larger schools to know about teachers from small schools? Lib, I once went to an in-service. Um, this was years ago and I was teaching year two, three, then I think it was, and um, and the teacher said, oh, what school do you do you come from? Said, oh, how big's that? And I said, oh, we've got, you know, 42 kids or something, whatever it was. And she went, oh, how many in your class? And, she, and I got this horrible she's looking down at me feeling. And she said, oh, how many in your class? And I went, oh, 12. And she said, oh, don't tell me. I don't want to know. 12. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, so, I was quite angry. Um, so she thought still, your day was easy, like, compared to hers. I only had 12. Well, I only had 12 kids. Easy, mm. you know. She had twenty-seven plus. Mm. Um, I, I realised that teachers in larger schools have that larger number. Yeah. I realised that teaching twenty-seven and plus kids and having all of those in the classroom at the same time would is is could be difficult. Yeah, especially if you have behavioural problems, mm. especially if you have social problems, especially if you have learning problems. Um, I fully appreciate that. But in the classes that we have, we also have our behavioural problems and our learning problems and our social problems as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I still pro- I still have to program the same amount that teachers at in larger schools have to program. Um, however, in a composite class, as I said, I have to program Year 3 maths and I also have to program Year 4 maths. And because I'm the only stage two teacher I also have to do assessments for year three Mm. and I have to do assessments for year four I also because I'm the only stage teacher also have to do reporting for all of those as well Um, I still have to do the same amount of programming that a teacher in a large school has to do I still have to program for all those KLAs and I don't have a stage teacher to work with I don't have a stage teacher who can like, all right, I'll do history this term and you do history next term. Let's swap it over. Mm. There's no one that you can swap it over with. You're the sole person teaching that stage or you're the sole person teaching that year. And I found that in my experience it was a huge responsibility, like it, it, it all is, rested yeah. on you. It is, yeah. If, mm. if you're teaching in, if even if you're team teaching in, like if you're, if there's, two streams in your school and there's two year four teachers, you've got a year four teacher that you can sound things off. Mm. You can work with that year four teacher. Um, You can share your programming. You can go and talk to them about something. If there's something, say, in the maths that you don't understand, you can go and collaborate. You can go and talk it over with them. When you're the only year four teacher, 
Um, or if you're the only stage two teacher, there's no one that you can collaborate with unless you go to a stage three teacher or somebody lower, which is what we do here. I just want teachers in larger schools to realise that teachers in small schools don't just teach. They have to coordinate the sports. They have to book the halls. They have to do the Facebook site. They've mm. got to coordinate NAPLAN as well as administer NAPLAN. They've got to go and um, every Monday we sell ice blocks. We don't have a school canteen, but we sell ice blocks. So on a Monday you have to go and sell ice blocks for the kids in the canteen. Um, you've, wow. You're the fa- you're the face of the the school down the street. You're the um, you walk down the street and the people know, oh, that's so and so. The teachers up there. You don't have that anonymity that you may have in in a larger town or in a even in a city. So um, even though our classes are small, we still do the same amount of programming. We still do the same amount of making assessments, and we have so many other roles within our school make up our time yeah but I wouldn't change it for a thing Liv. oh good well so what advice then would you give someone who's thinking about getting a job in a small school I would just say that teaching in a small school is something that I wish everybody would have the opportunity to do and not only teaching in a small school but teaching in a in a small town I mean even though I said you walk down the street and people know who you are I wouldn't change it for the world it's that it's that a real community feel. It's it's people know who you are, which in in one way can be disadvantageous, but in another, it's it's lovely. And as I said, you get to know these kids so well. You yeah. you teach them for a couple of years, and and yeah, you, you and they get to know you so well. Well, Mon, now we're up to our fast finishes. What's your favourite subject to teach, and why? <laughs> You wouldn't believe it. I was hopeless at maths at school, but I love teaching maths. <laughs> oh, good. What would you be if you weren't a teacher? I keep saying to the kids, if when I grow up, I'd like to be a hairdresser. They all look at me as if to say, but you are grown up. And then they get a worried look on their face that, oh, my God, the teacher's not grown up. <laughs> <laughs> That's gorgeous. <laughs> what is something you did today that went well? Oh, um, I was able to live stream our PP5 relay team, swimming at home, Bush, who came fourth. I was able to to get onto that live stream, put it up onto my telly, show all the school, and I'm not known for my technology capabilities. So I'm very proud of it. What makes you happy? My family. Good. It's the first day of the holiday. That was easy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first day of the holidays. What do you do? Don't have an alarm, mm-hmm. sleep in and go out and garden. One thing that helps you deal with stress? Crocheting. Tell us about a time personally or professionally where you made a mistake but learned something very valuable. I'm not the most organised person, mm-hmm. but I have learned to be organised. I have learned through mistakes that I have to write everything down. So oh, my yeah. desk had a moment five stick it post-it things on it so I have learnt by forgetting things I can remember people's birthdays I can remember people I've taught I can remember heaps of stuff like that I just can't remember I put my keys five minutes ago I think I've learnt I've made mistakes over the years by not remembering things so I have learnt now to 
give myself reminders so that I can remember things. Oh, good. What's your favourite book? Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. I love it. I can reread. There's also an excellent book by Colin McCulloch called The Ladies of Missalonghi, which I have read 22 times and every time I read it, I keep finding something new that I have rediscovered. Yeah. It's a a beautiful book, yep. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for the chance to be able to... Actually, I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunities I've had to be able to be a part of this school community. Oh, wow. Um, I'm really happy. I'm really grateful to have been a part of people's lives and and to have people like you come back and have that connection. There's something special about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that it's like getting to know people that that I I don't know if you have been in larger schools. I don't know. I don't know. Not from my experience. You don't. Uh, And the last one, what's a fun fact about you? A fun fact about me? (laughs) A fun fact about me. I like singing in the shower. Oh, nice. A fun fact. Oh, I go for the rabbitos. There's a fun fact about me. Oh, good. Good on you, Mon. I love my football and I love my rabbitos. Well, Mon, that wraps us up for um, this evening and I've had a ball talking with you, so I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for asking me, Lib. It's been a pleasure and I'm so proud of you. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. I hope you're able to get something valuable out of it like I did when I was talking to our guest. Just a quick note that ideas in today's episode are educated opinions of the guest. Always inform yourself and work out what best suits you and your lifestyle before trying other people's ideas. If you would like to know more, be a guest or contribute constructive feedback, visit our website at tickteaching.com. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Looking forward to doing it all again next week. And until next time, love your kids, love yourself. Take care.